Hey y'all, my name is Robin J, and you are now tuned in to the Encore Radio Show. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by his hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of. I want a hammock for all of that shade that they throwing. DDMG getting paid at the moment. Need 30 for saving and 20 for blowing. Yo, ping in my phone. That shit burn flame emoji. I don't know what y'all have been seeing. That boy wanted beef, now he vegan. Well, trust me, this pepper in season. I do this for money. You rap for convenience. And niggas was scared of me going to Texas. But I stayed in Vegas and got all my nets in. And UTA blowing my phone up with Texas. Guess me not replying. Ain't sending a message. It's cool. I'm a Lancara of Jules. You niggas belly flop. This ain't the pool. I run that checkup like spikes on the Shoes. Alright folks, like it's the school. Encore Radio Show As you guys heard, I'm here with Rob, the lovely Robin J Robin oh. J, Robin J, Robin J Thank you, thank you, I'm happy to be here I'm happy to be, wise, I'm happy to be here wise, too wise. <laughs> Yeah, this is wise, wise soul You know, I added a soul to the end of my name You added a soul Yeah I mean, I guess it's fitting, wise soul Yeah, yeah, yeah You've I don't always know. been a pretty deep guy Thank you, I don't know why I added it, but I, I feel like I need it Shout out to Kobe Sadek. He gave me the cold sign. If, I, if Kobe Sadek said that, I shouldn't die. He ain't like it. it, it, it <laughs> young Kobe don't trust you. <laughs> Straight facts. All right, so Robin, Robin, Robin. Actually, no, before I even go any further, because I've been talking to people, EncoreRadioShow.com, at EncoreRadioShow, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, check out the Indie Creative Network. Shout out to you guys for the support. And uh, yeah, now, Robin, hi. <laughs> yeah, Naka, I figured it. What I was told, shout out to Podcast in Color, she told me that for people who turn on your podcast and may not make it to the end, they may not hear your social media. So plug it, in the, plug it in the beginning, plug it in the middle, middle plug it in the end. The end. <laughs> there we go. Smart. So, that folks. Was the if, woman that told you that? Yes, it was. Keep smart women around you. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. You know what's funny is that I always felt like I kept the smart woman with me. Starting with you, Robin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cute. Starting with you. See, I see how I swung that in there. I didn't even practice that. That was nice. That was I didn't that. No, but honestly, folks, if you guys are familiar with the Uncle Radio Show, dating back to 2013 when we started, Robin J was one of our hosts. I was. Yeah. It seems like so long ago. It was. Robin taught me so much, though. Um, Robin is why you don't hear me say like, um, and whatever on a regular basis. <laughs> like everybody else on the podcast and a radio show. No shit. you that mean media training, man. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. I went through that boot camp and I came out somewhat, somewhat unscathed. You know, I learned a lot. So you've shout done, out to you. You've done very well. I'm extremely proud of you. Thank you very much. I'm extremely proud of you too. So I thank you. So we're going to go, we're going to go further back. I want to, I want to go back, 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 back. Let's okay. start. Do I want to start with the takeover? Do I want to start? Matter of fact, so you started at what, BC? Yeah, Brooklyn College Radio. Okay. In <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm old now. Listen, yeah, back in 2010. 2006 is when I started college, okay? Mm-hmm. 2006. Ten, it's 10 years. It's 10 years. Anyway, um, yeah, so let's talk to me about that. You know, how did you get to how, Brooklyn College Radio? Like, how did you get so at the time I was like completely in love with hip hop journalism. Okay. Um, and I wanted to figure out I I just wanted to write. Okay. Um, and what Brooklyn College was missing I felt was like they had like a school paper, but they didn't have anything dedicated to music. And okay. I wanted to figure okay. out a way to bring that to the college. I mean, Brooklyn College is dope, but it's I mean it's a Jewish school. It's Jewish mm-hmm. owned, it's it's Mm -hmm. No disrespect. Like, I love y'all, but 
damn. <laughs> um, so the black community, despite us being in Flatbush, like we were small in comparison. We were definitely the minority. Yeah. Um, Cause BC's I, a little, a little, a little fancy with they saw. BC's real fancy. Yeah. They, you walk on campus and you think you're at Yale. It's oh, weird. Sure. Um, so you, I, we didn't have a music community. I felt. Okay. So I walked okay. into when I realized there was a radio station. And they were connected to the school paper at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their editor at the time, I think the paper's editor was one of the personalities or something like that. Okay, okay. So I remember walking into the station trying to figure out how to get to the paper. Mm-hmm. And the guy there, John Chavoni, I'll never forget him. Um, he was the program director there. And I walked in, I'm talking to him. He said, he was like, you have a nice voice. He ain't lying. I was like, thank you. Um, he was like, you ever thought of radio? I was like, no, I'm, I'm a writer. And if I do anything, I want to do television. Mm-hmm. He was like, I mean, TV's cool, but I think you should try radio. I'm like, nah, it's okay. He was like, all right, can you do me a favor? Just do a drop for me. Because he had a show at the time. Yep. Um, yep. I was like, all right. Didn't even know what a drop was <laughs> at the time. And um, he walked in and I did this drop for Brooklyn College. He was like, I want you on air. I was like, yo, you're tripping. And he was like, no, I'm serious. I want you on air. How, yeah. how fast can you do it? I was like, well, I don't know anything about this. I want to write. Um, and he was like, all right, we're going to put you through our intern program. It's usually the entire semester. Mm-hmm. And then if you do well, next semester, you'll have a show. Well, being that you didn't want to even be on air, uh, committing yourself to a, a full intern program, like, how? Bruh. <laughs> I was like, so John... It was just extremely persistent. Yeah. And he was okay. one of those like, yo, when white people want something, it's different. Like, <laughs> he was he was just one of those guys like you couldn't say no to him. Yeah. So I um I decided to entertain him entertain him for a moment and my decision was I'm gonna rock this out for like three weeks until I could get to this editor girl, mm-hmm. get what I want, and keep it pushing. Okay, makes plan. sense. Makes sense. There was um, a plan. So I started the internship the next day and two weeks later I had a show. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So wait, right. it was supposed to be for the whole semester. It was supposed to be the full semester, um, but he was that impressed, and he was like, "We need, we need you on your like now." And I was like, "All right." And there was another guy um, by the name of Dirty De Niro. Shout out to him. I haven't spoken to him forever, <laughs> but um, he was interning with me, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Look, they're giving me a show. I'm bringing you with me because yeah. we in this together. We're like the only two black kids in the mm-hmm. intern program at the time." Mm-hmm. Um, so we launched the takeover, and yeah. it was up from there. Alright, so the takeover launched from there. And what would you say was your first, I guess the most difficult part of the takeover when you started? Like what like what's one thing you felt like you just didn't prep for? You couldn't have prepped for? Our girl on air. Mm. Because it wasn't even supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't mm-hmm. even supposed to be a thing. Again, radio was not my thing. I wanted to write, and that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to write and produce records, if anything at all. Um, So I I remember our first episode, only like three people listened. Then the second one, it was 10. Mm -hmm. Then by like a month and a half in, we were doing 100 plus listens on the station. Um, And that's rare for a college Mm -hmm. radio show. Yes, it is. Um, So that was the most difficult part. I didn't know how to handle that, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know 
I didn't really understand what people wanted to hear because I was still trying to figure out what my voice was. Yeah. I was still tr- trying to figure out who I wanted to be as mm-hmm. this newfound personality. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. My name wasn't Robin J back then. It was Leading Lady. It was so corny. <laughs> lady with two eyes. Like L-A-D-I-I. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm holding now. I'm, now I'm definitely holding on to that for a long time. I'm never forgetting that. I had I'm a little never. thing. I was like so clean when I write leading lady on the mic. I thought I was a rapper. It was ridiculous. Oh, that's cute. No, nah, that's cute. Okay, okay, okay. That's cute. No, nah, that's cute. That's it was cute. it was ridiculous. So, um, but that was that was the hardest part. In the beginning, like it wasn't an interview based show. Dirty D mm-hmm. was like this older guy that was in college. So I was 20 mm-hmm. and he was like pushing 30. Oh, wow. Okay. So there was oh, wow, an interesting wow. dynamic between this young girl and this older guy. But we just, we just like, our chemistry was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And we spent the entire time talking sex and dating in the beginning. Nice. So okay. there weren't any interviews. There wasn't anything like that. It was just us and like useless banter and him mm-hmm. trashing celebrities. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. It was like the most fun of my week. Yeah. Um, but growing so quickly and figuring out like this was just fun for us this was still just a conversation between him and I that's live mm-hmm. so figuring out that people actually liked it and kind of what do you do with it next what do you do with it when people like it how do yeah. you make this better how do you keep people interested that was a tough part hmm you know that it does, what's crazy right is that what you what you I guess that you call useless banter would be like a beautiful podcast right now yep <laughs> yep i wish i still had those like old episodes yeah now yeah now, that would have been like a crazy podcast because people i mean anyway we're not talking about podcasts right now <laughs> we still we still at college radio so you know now you let's so let's move let's move forward now to the point where he's gone because mm-hmm. that's when i started to that's when i started listening to the show Okay. So he wasn't he wasn't there anymore. It was Robin J. Robin's interviewing Robin's interviewing artists. How do how do we get to that point? Fill in the blank for me. Okay, so <laughs> Dirty D was like a porn producer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no 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 no. Real. A porn producer? Yeah, so he always told us, like, he was in school for film, and he always says, yeah, I make movies. Oh, um, shit. No, nah, that's not. And I never, like- I just, <laughs> I never inquired what kind of movies he made, right? I never, but yeah, he did porns. So, like, on one of his last episodes with us, he, like, brought in one of his movies. He was like, yo, I love you, but I'm moving back to North Carolina because business is picking up down south. He used to, he was from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to be out there like every two weeks working. Mm-hmm. And I, I admired him so much. I'm like, man, I want to be able to go different states. Yeah, like, yeah. Working, you shooting films? Like, put me in films. He's like, <laughs> you don't want to be in one of my films. <laughs> and I never really understood why until he finally showed me one of his points. It was crazy. Um, but he left. <laughs> and... When he left, it was weird because I'd never been oh, on wait, air wait, alone. Wait. Was, it, was it white porn or black porn? Black porn. Oh, hey, hey. And this was before hey. this was before ass shots was a thing. Hey. So these are like real southern hey. males with like cornbread booty. It was different. Hey. Love no some black people. porn. Anyway. No white people. <laughs> um, but when he left, like, I wanted to, should I take over down? Because I didn't know what I was gonna do without him. Wow. Okay. Um, and John said, "Well, you know, if we lose the show, we lose our biggest show. Mm-hmm. So you gotta figure something out because you're not going anywhere." Yeah. I'm like, "Well, high expectations." Shit. <laughs> Basically, very high expectations. And I was like, "Well, I came into this 
station wanting to create a platform for the music that I like. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was working for Violator Records. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we gotta talk about that. Okay. Um, so I needed to I needed to figure out a way to use this platform and use this show slot that I have to do something music related, mm -hmm. um, but still be fun for college kids. Okay. So I took it on on my own. I brought in artists at the time. Indie artists were the most accessible. Mm -hmm. So I did mm -hmm. hot topics. I did that stuff. And then I brought in indie artists and I interviewed them that way. Mm -hmm. Then um, after I did great by myself, but I, I missed having a guy around. Yeah. Um, I got interns. Profound mm -hmm. shout out to him who's still with me to this day. Mm -hmm. He's no longer my intern. It's like my right hand. Shout out to the shout out to uh, pro. Shout out to Profound. <laughs> but um, I got interns and I started putting them on, them on the mic, but it didn't feel the same. Yeah. I still needed like a partner. Mm -hmm. um, and then my boy Jay Lorenzo, mm -hmm. who you guys know is Jameer. Yes, yes. At WBLS, um, he came on board, mm -hmm. and that was probably our best season ever because our chemistry is unmatched. Yeah. Um, so that was it. That's what's up. Shout out to Jim. Shout out to Jameer. Yo, honestly, I think Jameer is probably one of the most, one of the episodes where I've had the most fun. He is insane. <laughs> like, there's, I tell him, there's something that just doesn't click up here <laughs> for him. He is absolutely nuts, but he's like one of the most genuine dudes yeah. you'll ever meet. I follow, I follow him on Snapchat, and it's just been, it's been interesting. So Yo, he should have never gave him Snapchat. <laughs> He's new to Snapchat, and I wish he never got it. Yeah, it's, nah, nah, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, I'm glad I hate you. I hate you so oh, much. <laughs> so wait, so wait. So, all right, so Jameer, so we talked, me and Jameer talked about his um, incident with uh, Travis Scott, mm -hmm. right? He's famous. So was you, <laughs> were you one of the people who was texting him like, yo, Jameer, like, I'll come through, you know, we'll bring the choppers out, whatever, take him down, like, what's, like, what's good with that? Yo, was that you? I didn't find out until the day after. Oh, okay. Right? I did hit him up that way, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I didn't find out until the day after. I was at Summer Jam when it happened, but I wasn't at that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, like, I broke my phone at the end of Summer Jam, so for the night I didn't have it. Next morning, went to mm -hmm. Apple, changed my phone, mm -hmm. logged on to Twitter, mm -hmm. and I saw like a complex interview or something. Yeah. So I hit him up. I'm like, the fuck is it? <laughs> yes, is that all right? Okay. Yes, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? This happened? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you didn't know? I was like, no, nah, I didn't know. You ain't called me. You know, I got the ratchets, <laughs> I got the dunes, I got the goons. Like, I would have came out. What's good? He was like, I'm fine. Sit your ass down. I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm like that little hype friend all the time. Like, I'm always, I'm never anyone like in my life but I'm always down so what that mean I have you, big you, you have to you know you have to be hype. you have to be hype it's true like a little chihuahua <laughs> shout out to Elsa right now. <laughs> she, 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 she's being polite your dog is really really cute nah, she's really, being polite really my last the last episode I recorded here she cried the whole time we're, oh. not, we're not gonna talk about that oh anyway boy. she's good tonight ASPCA don't come at me <laughs> don't come at me I just I just I needed a break anyway so yeah so we got through that now um, you brought Jameer on. Um, you start bringing on these guests. Mm -hmm. What's your inbox looking like now? Because <laughs> first off, we just talked. You had 200 text messages, right? Yeah. 200 text messages. Let's see where we're at right now. 282. 282. Okay. What's your email inbox looking like with submissions? What What is right it look now? Like? Or no, back at then? that time. At that time. At that time, it wasn't crazy. Okay. Um. 
but I was getting quality at that time quality people mm-hmm. um, I was getting a bunch of people that were moving in the indie circuit so like you mm-hmm. you remember Barrel House mm-hmm. I, that's now when science started to pop and I had science mm-hmm. and I had I was getting like emerging artists that yeah. were about to blow but not there yet okay so okay. when justine sky mm-hmm. was there mm-hmm. um there was an r&b group that i wish they were still around but they no longer are um in gotham city they're not around no more no gotham city is they're no longer with us wow um sad right they're talented guys that, talented i think that's guys. the first episode i've actually ever listened to really yes that was amazing that was top one of my favorite episodes ever mm-hmm. um because they're super talented if you guys want to look them up look them up gotham city c-i-t-i i'm pretty sure they still have youtube videos up um but you know that that's the market i wanted to touch and so mm-hmm. we were although our submissions inbox was crazy we did get a lot of struggle rappers um that wanted to come on on the singers too of course course. um but we got a lot of quality adrian daniel Mm -hmm. came on back then and that was when nobody knew him and now he's premiering albums on billboard yep um brian michael cox called into the show we had peter guns before he was a thought like there was so (laughs) much or before the world knew he was a thought yeah um so we had like it was it was it was interesting we had sway we Mm. had People like that that were contributing to hip hop culture as it was back then, mm-hmm. and then just trying to break into it, and it was fun. That's what's up. It was fun. That's what's up. Okay, so see, looking back now, so this is now six years later. Um, when you look at the path, what do you think about it? Is it like I mean, you obviously you remember um, the trials and tribulations, but is it worth it? best decision I ever made really and I'm forever thankful like he comes at me all the time he's like so you know I'm responsible for rock <laughs> right and I, and I hate him for saying it um but I do owe John a lot for kind of seeing that in me because it's weird he was like two years older than me yeah. one of my peers and you don't we don't take each other seriously at not 20, really 21. not really um but he kind of forced he forced me into a space that I didn't even know that I needed mm. um and it was all worth it if it wasn't for takeover radio there would be no takeover now mm-hmm. um i don't know what i would be doing i'll probably be an a honestly i'll yeah. probably be an a <laughs> but i i don't i don't really know what i would be doing if i if i never had that outlet mm-hmm. he gave me something i really really didn't know that i needed now i can't live without it hmm. okay so let's pause there let's now go to robin j the person <laughs> so robin j Yardy, Robin J Indeed. from Brooklyn. Ew. So let's talk. From a, I, I was, I just had Justin Rose on the show not too long ago. Love Justin Rose. Really? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, he was just telling me he was talking to me about um, eclectic music. Uh, well, eclectic. I guess having a, an eclectic musical ear, mm-hmm. right? Do you think you have an eclectic music ear? No. Why not? I wouldn't say I, I think I have an air period. Okay. I'll say that. I think I, um, I learn from the best, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been fortunate to have like some pioneers around me to kind of teach me what to look for. And I think I know star quality. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that I had an eclectic career. No. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm working on being able to define, I guess maybe it's objective. But to find to define what um, eclectic is, because I listen to a ton of different genres. You know, just coming from a Beijing background, I was listening to soca, 
Obviously, I listen to dance song. Obviously, I listen to reggae. Yeah. Oh, well, well, for you. I, I, I listen. <laughs> I, I end up listening, funny enough, year round. I may not be as deep into it between, um, you know, outside of Labor Day times, but nah, I'll be all year. I also listen to hip hop. I spring listen to R&B. I love EDM, you know? So from that perspective, am I eclectic? Yes, but the way that I can... I don't even know actually, because I would, I would, I would, I want to say that the way that I can break down some of the indie artists that I know and some of the sounds that I know in hip hop, I can do the same for other things, but not as deep as I can. So I wouldn't call myself eclectic from that standpoint, but I do feel eclectic. Anyway. Okay. I mean, eclectic or just versatile, just hmm. like I don't know. If, I don't. I mean, I guess it's objective, right? It's yeah, still me. It's wide ranging yeah. either way, but. I think you just you like what you like, and you are one of the people that like everything. <laughs> <laughs> we just we, we have some folks that can only listen to country and only listen to hip hop. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know what that means. Yeah. We might have to come back to this. Yeah, question. definitely, definitely. Okay, so somehow, some way, you make your way to Violator. Mm-hmm. So everyone, <laughs> everyone is always looking for a way in to the music. Uh-huh. How did you find your way to Violator? I asked for it. Um, well, I'm, well, I'm sure we all asked <laughs> for it, damn it, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, all right, so takes me back to college. My sophomore year of college, before I was at Brooklyn College, I went to BMCC mm-hmm, for the first mm-hmm. two years. I couldn't afford a private school, so mm-hmm. I was going wherever. Because Brooklyn College is free. expensive. Oh, damn. <laughs> right. Awesome. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to... I went to BMCC for the first two years and my second year I had this really weird professor. Mm-hmm. Young guy, master student, and he's teaching this oh, course. Okay. Um, and he treated us like we were master students. And the entire course was based on one piece of paper. What, the entire course. So it was either pass or fail. Um, and I decided to do the paper on the transition of hip-hop then and now. Okay. Um, so that forced me to interview hip-hop pioneers. I interviewed mm. Kangol Kid. I interviewed mm. Drez from Black Sheep. I, I did those old guys, mm-hmm. um, as well as Sway, as well yeah. as Shaheen Reed. I mm. got into the hip-hop journalism as well. Then I interviewed some new-age indie artists. So yeah. Kangol Kid had a son mm-hmm. that was was his name? I don't remember because he was horrible. Um, <laughs> but he had a son that was that was also trying to rap, and he had another song that was a singer. The yeah. singer had a really beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of I believe the paper was about the relationships between father and son, and then hip hop music then and hip hop music. That's now. really dope, though. Um, I aced the paper. Mm, of course, I aced the <laughs> cast, and in doing the paper, when I reached out to Drez. Um, Drez had a friend that was a manager at Violator at the mm-hmm. time. It's horrible that I don't remember his name. Might have been AB, AB or something. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, AB was his name. <laughs> that was his name. So, uh, AB was a manager at Violator at the time who was friends with Drez. So, when I did the Drez interview, AB just came along with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like we that. did that. It was, yeah, it was yeah. cool. We kicked it. We were at like some Chinese food spot, and that's mm-hmm. where we did the interview. <laughs> Kicking it. And um, AB was like, yo, what do you, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And I was still figuring out. But I was like, I just, I love music. This is what, 19 year old Robin now? This is 19 year old Robin. Okay. Um, I was like, I love music. I love to write. I love to listen. 
I love to talk. I love to be on camera. I don't really know, but something in music. Yeah. Um, and he was like, are you interning anywhere? At the time, I was interning at Corey Hay Public Relations, okay. which was this like boutique PR firm. Mm-hmm. Um, they represented Sway. Oh, oh time wow. too. So it was all connecting dots. Yeah, definitely. And um, AB was like, you ever thought of working for a label? And I was like, what do you think I would do at a label? Yeah. He was like, I think you could do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, well, if you ever change your mind, talk to me. And I'm like, mm. all right. And at that age, or at that in that moment, I didn't even understand what Violator was. Yeah. I didn't even understand how important they they were to the music that mm-hmm. I was listening to. Mm-hmm. Like, Messi was one of my favorite artists. I didn't know she was on Violator. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything about them. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of this paper, I needed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hit up AB and I'm like, hey, I, I met you a few weeks ago. Don't know if you remember me, um, but I want a job. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you want a job? I was like, I want a job. And he was like, okay. Um, come to the office. Be there at 10 a.m. tomorrow if you really want a job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where's the office? He was like, figure it out. Didn't even tell me. Well, that's uh, see now see now that sounds like the internship the, the what I thought the internship would begin like that's exactly <laughs> what I thought it would begin like. Um, didn't he? He didn't tell me anything. He was like, if you say that you want it, then show me that you want it. Um, I printed four copies of my paper. Mm-hmm. I went on Google, and it had three different addresses for violated records. I was at the right, correct one by 8 a.m. They had a weird freight elevator at the time that mm-hmm. you had to like bypass. Mm-hmm. And I sat there. I sat there until Uncle Murder walked out. <sighs> and I was like, your Uncle Murder? He was like, yeah, who are you? I was like, where are you coming from? You coming from Violator? He was like, yo, who are you? And I just <laughs> ducked and I went through the door. <laughs> wow. I went upstairs and I was like, I'm looking for AB. And he was at his desk. He was like, all right. I see you. He was like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, read my paper. And he was like, I don't read your fucking paper. <laughs> I was like, no, read my paper. It's really good. I want to be here. Anything you need me to do, I'm going to do. He was like, what do you want to do? I said, anything you need me to do. I was like, I know music. I, I like indie artists. I love Missy and she's here. I just saw Uncle Murder and I love Busta Rhymes. What do you need me to do? He <laughs> was like, have a seat and make these copies. Huh. And I made the copies. Huh. And... From that, transitioned into me building a short-lived relationship with Chris Lighty, who mm-hmm. was an amazing mentor mm-hmm. um, for the time that I was with him, which was, I was at Violator for like a, year, a little under a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I owe my air to him, yeah. I think. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I got in. I just respected that they saw something in me in just an interview. Um, and... At the time, I didn't know it, but Lighty told me that I was going to be one of the best music publicists or A&Rs that this business would ever see mm-hmm. if I actually focus on it. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't nobody <laughs> want to be no a <laughs> uh, I'm going to write. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write. I'm going to be on camera. That's what this is. Um, so that's, I guess that's why it's like my underlying passion to find new music mm-hmm. and, and to figure out who's hot and who's not. And I, I think I have a fairly good track record. I think you do as well. That's, 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 that's a crazy inspiring story. I've never told this story, by the way. Hey. So you got to shout out to hey. you getting me exclusive. Hey. I don't really like to talk about it. Like. Why? I think we, we all like 
put so much effort into these resumes. Mm-hmm. That to me means absolutely nothing. Well, okay, wait. So do you mean re- like resume in terms of just, you know, what we've done or resume in terms of the actual piece of paper? What we've done. Okay. What, what, what okay. we've done. Well, um, why? So, yeah, so why? Not that it means nothing. It does mean everything, right? Because mm-hmm. every job that you have, no matter where it is, it contributes to who you are currently. Mm-hmm. Everything that you've done contributes to yeah. where you are currently. But um, especially in music, it's so much built on what you know. Not what you know, sorry. Who, who you, you know. know. Um, who you know versus what. And I've never wanted to be that. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted people to feel like, okay, so she did this because she knew this person. Or mm-hmm. she got in because she knew Lighty or whatever the case was. I worked my ass off. Yeah. And there were days I would walk into the office, he'd act like I didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And there were some days that I did so um, I never wanted people to credit what I'm doing now to who's in my room with that. So that's why. Okay. Now, that's fair. That's fair. But, but, in this, in this thing that we do, right, um, you do have to have some sort of, like, historical track record in a sense. Like, I was explaining the music industry to somebody who does, who had who has no idea about what, what I did. Like they understand it just to an extent. And what I said to them was, "Listen, I was like, imagine, imagine meeting someone, or imagine a community of people who only work based on trust and how they how much they trust someone. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to have something." not tangible literally something that they can say okay well i can vouch for you because x vouch vouch for you or you did x you know and the name dropping shit is annoying it's annoying it's it's not even not not even as an annoying it comes off as like incredibly arrogant but you have to have like a artful skill to do it because otherwise it's like i mean the number one question that people ask i didn't even understand this when i started but number one question to ask is, who are you? Who are you? True. You know, so I get it. And I, I get it. I get why you feel that way. But you got to do it. But <laughs> are you who you are affiliated with? You're not, right? You're somebody mm. else. Or you want to be. You want to be someone so, else, yes. But I think that takes time. It does. It does yeah. take, it takes a lot of time, a lot of <laughs> sweat equity. And mm-hmm. I think because I've gone this route. Equity I've is the right probably word. Probably work harder than I needed to quote unquote Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't name drop because I don't really share my history Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I appreciate the process more because I don't do that Mm -hmm. I think I like appreciate that I can build this thing organically this Mm -hmm. thing that is Robin J this thing that is the takeover I can Mm -hmm. build that organically because of the fact that I don't need to tell you that I've, I've sat in on Wu-Tang sessions. I don't need to tell you that Chris Lighty was my mentor. I don't need to tell you that I knew Mona Scott before she was, I was Yandy. Mm-hmm. I was like a little Yandy. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, you don't, I don't feel like you need to know that, to know that I'm talented and I'm skilled and yeah. I do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I need to share that. Mm-hmm. And um, my violator story, I've been at labels after that too, mm-hmm. silently as like a silent A&R, which I no longer do. Mm-hmm. Um, but my violator story it didn't end well Mm -hmm. like I left because so like many other 
women in this industry. I became a bit of an object yeah. there. And I'm never gonna say going to say who the rapper there. was. was I'm never going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll never like, you know, drop a dime on, on, on who did it. But there was a specific rapper that chased me out of that building mm-hmm. because he wanted to sleep with me and I wasn't having it. Yeah. And I... He made every day after that miserable for me. Mm. So here you go. I'm, I'm 19 and he's got a good 10 years on me being mm. insanely aggressive. Um, and at that moment, I remember the day that I decided I wasn't going back. I thought I'd never deal with music again at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, another reason why TakeOver Radio in the beginning had nothing to do with bringing artists in. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want, I didn't want that. that I wanted to be able to write about it from the outside looking in, but not bringing it bring it into my space. You know what? You know what's interesting about what you just said. I mean, I've I've known part of that story already, right? But what's interesting about that is that I was thinking about this today. <clears throat> so misogyny. Well, I, I I don't even sure if I want to if I want to place it like that. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna use that word. When it comes down to respect of of women, that in the, in itself is subjective to cultural situation to culture. I'll leave it there to cultural situations, right? So coming from a West Indian background, we, that we do share um, respect of women, it's there and it's not there to an extent, right? And then we enter hip hop where respect of women is there but it's not there how do you get past that how do you exist in that situation knowing that you may not be seen as equal that's tough um i i'm incredibly aggressive Mm -hmm. and that is my defense mechanism I'm okay. incredibly aggressive in a room full of men. Okay. I'm, I'm aggressive in any meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, I don't know, some people have probably called me a bitch. Some people may say, yo, she's 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 a little bit of a bitch. Take mm-hmm. it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other ones who will be like, nah, she's a boss. Yeah. Um, but because because of this, because of the misogyny, I feel like I have to be that way. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. to be one of the boys. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, Walking in to a label meeting in a pencil skirt. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it because you're looking at my ass at this mm-hmm. point. I'm not I'm not going in a tank top because you're looking at my breasts. So yeah. I'm gonna keep you up here, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be as mean as you. I'm gonna be as tough as you. I'm gonna be more tough than you are. Mm-hmm. And you're you. I have you have no choice but to see me as eagle. You don't even find me attractive the way I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's how I've had to deal with it. I'm hoping that one day I could just be, I'm a mush in real life. And I think I'm like, when you get under the layers, I'm probably one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yes, you are. But in those situations, I can't be, I can't be nice. I mean, it's it, to an extent, it's business. Right. You know, it's it like, is business. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is, this is what I do. You will respect what I do, no matter what I look like to you. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, so we about at a halfway point already as it is. So we gonna quick. take a quick break. I know, right? Take a quick break. When we come back, we got we got we have time. We got dive into the takeover. We got dive into all the kind of things that Robin's been doing. To talk about the Rayquan show. We got a lot to talk about. Okay, it's the Uncle Radio show. 
coming up on a future episode of the Encore Radio Show. Fine. So I came out that that next day, and everybody was like, "Yo, it's the dude that know how to sing." They was like, "Yeah." So they was like, "Let me hear some." You know, they put me to the test. So you know, I passed the test. There were some females around at that time yeah, too, so yeah, it was like, yeah, "Oh yeah. yeah." So you know that it was history after it was that. Definitely man. worth it singing right yeah, there. Of course, right, of course, man. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. All right, folks, and we're back. It's the Encore Radio Show. This is Wise, live here with Robin J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a nice little chat uh, on our break. <laughs> interesting, interesting stuff. Interesting work. Uh, Wise is a different kind of savage, y'all. Just so you know, I know you guys listen to the show every week, <laughs> and he sounds all nice. He is a savage. <laughs> listen, listen, life. I'm trying to be like you in 2016. Light, nah, nah. Snapchat dog filter, just permanent. <laughs> Life is just interesting, you know? You just got to just look at it from different... Oh, I had to tell you something else, too, but I'll wait till after. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just some grimy shit. Grimy-ass niggas, yo. Anyway, so, um, we stopped at the... We stopped... Well, we actually need to move into the takeover.com now, transitioning from that. But in between there, something happened. The Uncle Radio Show launched in 2013. Yes, yes. And I had known about you... So it's yeah, my little backstory now. I had known about who Robin J was. I listened, like I said, I listened to the show with Gotham City. Shout out to them. As they're no longer here no more. But shout out to them anyway. And um, I was like, yo, like I really want a co-host. And I really respect Robin J. Like, let me hear her up. Thank you. And we talked. And we had it. I think it was like an hour long or something like that. You were, you, you were busy then like you're busy now. <laughs> and um, coming out of that, I was like, yeah, it's going to be dope. So Robin hosted, um, hosted the show with me till uh, August of 2013, because Robin was going to crop over. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Robin launched a takeover. Robin actually launched a takeover at seven o'clock someday, but it was definitely a Monday because we were at the show. We were at the show like it was just so. It was interesting. I remember that. So to see this now, three years later, it's like. Yes, we're freaking right. We here. Shit, we're coming into year three. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Okay. How's it feel coming into year three with the takeover? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I haven't been working hard enough. I think we all feel like that. Maybe. I think we all feel like that. I, I've been I've been going around telling everybody. I'm like, yo, don't feel like don't feel like you're alone in this. Like we all feel like we aren't doing enough. True. 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 I feel like. Um, so takeover, the takeover.com has gone through so many transitions mm-hmm. in these past um, almost three years. Mm-hmm. Like I pulled the site down twice, mm-hmm. um, pulled it down twice. At one point it got hacked. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember that. I remember it that. It got hacked and I was like heartbroken and someone pulled everything down for us. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, backups that no, I had backups of maybe like 30 articles Wow. Um, of like 200. Mm-hmm. So. At that moment, I was just like, Yo, why am I still fighting for this, man? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. this makes no sense. So, like, if you if you count, we've we've been ex- in existence for three years online, I guess, since 
launching the domain. Mm-hmm. But if you count the time we were actually live, maybe mm-hmm. only a year and a half, honestly. Okay. Okay. Um, but at that moment, when it got pulled down the last time, that was April of 2015. Mm-hmm. So a full um, year ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, I don't, this makes no sense. Like, why am I still fighting for this? Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? Like, this, I, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. This site has taken everything out of me. Um, and I just don't want it anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm done. And I was like, mm-hmm. if somebody's going to go as far as to pull it down, mm-hmm. then maybe we're not supposed to be here. Um, and I remember talking to Pro. I, lo- I love this man. Mm-hmm. And we had a meeting, and I was telling everybody, I was like, you know what, guys? Um, so I think I'm going to put this to bed now. And yeah. they were all looking at me like, fuck you talking about? Yeah. Put this to bed. And I'm like, yo, it's time. I'm tired. I'm trying to go back. Let me just be a regular, regular banker, because that's what I was at the time. <laughs> I was like, let me just live my normal life. Um, yeah. And this is, that. that's it. And Pro was like, I was like, if somebody's going to pull it down, we don't need to be here. He's like, you're stupid. He was like, if somebody's going to pull it down, it means we're supposed we're to be supposed here. To be, yep, you, yep. Mu- you have something that's threatening. You have something that is necessary. And people are always going to fight against things like that, especially mm-hmm. when they're starting to do well. So he was like, you know, I'm going to support whatever you want, but you, we need to be here. I was like, this isn't, he was like, this isn't fair. This isn't yeah. fair to me. Mm-hmm. This isn't fair to Yana. This, is, this isn't fair to Travis. Like, this is what we're here for. So how'd that make you feel like that? that yo, it made speak. me feel like shit though. Like, <laughs> it, it was beautiful, yeah, but it did make me feel bad. I felt real selfish. Um, yeah, I felt really, really selfish. It, be- it I feel like it becomes like that because this is your baby, yeah, and your baby has dependence. Right. You know, people that depend on you to put together to to showcase their work. People who depend on you to provide opportunities for them to write to learn about other artists. Like you have a lot of people that depend on you. Yeah, I completely understand. I listen. This show as much as so three three transitions for you, or well, multiple transitions for you in the three year period. The Encore show has gone through just as many. Absolutely, you, you know me. You know you know many hosts I had. Yeah, <laughs> you've been through. Yeah, I've been through. I've been through a couple of hosts. Shout out to all y'all who have been who have hosted with me. Except for that one, I don't like you. Um, <laughs> no, I really don't like you though. But um, uh, so I understand. I understand. I I almost quit twice. Um, came back, started the podcast, fell in love with the podcast version. Like yeah. I felt like the podcast version was a perfect place where I could be myself and not have to not have the the pressures of all the other shit I was dealing with. Right. So I like it. I like it. And I think this has done better for you as I feel, I feel to so develop too. you as a host and a personality as well. So. Thank you. I feel so You're too. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So the takeover, the for those who can't spell T H E takeover T A. K E O V A H dot com. Ova. I'm from Brooklyn. Ova. We don't really pronounce ERs. We over here. We like our coffee like coffee. (laughs) Takeover. That's what it is. Also, the takeover.com was really expensive at the time, so that wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) So, where underground is mainstream. So, break that down for me. Like, what what does that mean? Yeah, because a lot of of people, they, they, they claim that they. Um, only talk about underground music, but you still see all those mainstream artists yeah. on the public in the site all the time. So what's up? That exact that is why takeover exists mm-hmm. in it in its way. So underground is mainstream is like this is your outlet. If you're yeah. an indie artist, if you're emerging, you don't even really have to be indie because mm-hmm. you can be signed to a major and not doing a thing. True, um, true. 
so if if you're emerging if you're coming up this is truly for you mm-hmm. um i got tired of going on blogs looking for music and being hit with freaking kim kardashian's new ass mm-hmm. on the same page as this dope singer from atlanta True. like that bothered me because i'm just here for the music and these mm-hmm. are reputable sites that were supposed to be for the music mm-hmm. um, and this dates back to like my violator days when yeah. blogs really just started to become like mm-hmm. a real big thing mm-hmm. um and that that always annoyed me like if i want if i want gossip i'm going to media takeout yep. i'm not here for yep. this yep. so i don't understand why a publication and i'm not going to drop any names but i don't understand why a publication that is dedicated to a freshman list i just do that but i don't i don't understand why those publications were you're 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 you have space on the web you have a digital space to to shine some light on these indie artists Mm -hmm. and not only are you taking their money to do it Mm -hmm. but you're making them share space with fucking kim kardashian's tits like this makes no sense to me so take over where underground is mainstream is you are my mainstream artist 90 percent of what i listen to is indie Mm -hmm. and that's not just takeover submission that's actually like me just listening to soundcloud yeah i love Mm. they just did a freaking subscription plan you see i was good i (laughs) The only reason why I didn't shout them out at first was because of that. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, honestly, I was waiting for the day that it was going to happen. I knew it was mm-hmm. going to happen um, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly didn't think it would be $10 a month. Yeah. I thought it would be something real cheap, like five. Mm-hmm. Um, five bucks a month. They're competing with Spotify, Title Apple Music. Right. They, they set the price. Their platform's different, different though, right? Mm-hmm. SoundCloud existed for these new artists Mm -hmm. um and it it sucks that they're charging 10 um i i'm gonna do the subscription plan because i do like the idea of being able to listen to these guys offline Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna do it and really hope that they're getting their fair share i haven't looked at what the breakdown is at all see i need i need i need i need someone to test it i mean and you i could test it because there is a 30-day free trial Mm -hmm. i could test it but i have title right I have never used my Apple Music, so I have Apple Music three months or whatever their their um, their free period is. I have that as well, right? But with Tidal, there is a specific place in Tidal where I can find out new artists Discovery. that have Discovery. yeah that have mm-hmm. uh, that have albums that I can listen to, and then I then I I mean obviously I end up at SoundCloud anyway, but at least I, I go there then, you know. But when I see SoundCloud go. Um, I don't I'm not I don't understand. Like I already had I already have access to these underground artists. So what are you gonna vet some of these artists for me? And I'm just, that's the platform I'm gonna see that because if it is then I have that at Tidal already. I don't need that at SoundCloud. Right. So Well the so the difference between Tidal and SoundCloud is kinda like the difference between Takeover and Civil Selects. Okay. Right? Um both good platforms Mm -hmm. um but civil civil selects really champions like one or two buzzing artists that are actually breaking Mm -hmm. right now like are about to break Mm -hmm. whereas takeover is we're going to listen to you on your grassroots we're going to post you on your grassroots when you have like 50 soundcloud Mm -hmm. plays and Mm -hmm. we're going to follow you until you have 50,000 you don't need us um and i think that's the exact difference between title discovery and just soundcloud anybody can have a soundcloud Mm -hmm. i could decide i want to drop a mixtape next week Mm -hmm. and upload it to soundcloud can we can we do it can we do that let's do that that. I have a new so name now. Why soul? That's a, so it, it works. I it could works. go back to leading lady. Yeah, you no, know, I could do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, do right, that. let's work on that. Okay, bet. 
Um, <laughs> but you can like we can we can drop a mixtape next week, mm-hmm. and Joe Schmo and Canada can listen to us offline yeah. without us having to be spotlighted. So mm-hmm. not every artist is a title discovery artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are like really making moves, like Chris Casanova was title discovery. The mm-hmm. Hicks were title discovery. Mm-hmm. Boz was title discovery at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Cara, those names that you actually know, yeah, those are title discovery artists because they haven't popped yet. But there's another one. I think there's this title rising as well. Title rising is so same thing just like on a notch lower instead of you having 50,000 SoundCloud plays you might have 20 okay that okay. so it's it's same side okay side, so 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 SoundCloud's gonna vet these art vet these artists to an extent yeah based on numbers and yeah uh, yeah yeah we could have lived without it yeah we could have lived yeah without it, to be honest yeah. um I just I'm mostly interested to see how it's going to translate for the actual artists uploading the music now. Like, are you guys, are they still going to upload? Are they still going to give this, give us this work for free? Because we may, not all of us can get to it. Boz's album got pulled down. Really? Um, he put it back up on a different platform, maybe Bandcamp. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but he put To Hide a Riot up on a different platform that day because it was gone for free mm-hmm. um, until he could figure out how to get it back for free. So I don't know if that's been fixed yet. I haven't looked. But maybe we can look that up before the show's over or something. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm interesting to, interested in seeing where this goes. Um. So, what do you think? What is your favorite right now? Ti- out of out of the, I'm gonna gonna go with the big three. So, title, Spotify, Apple Music. Apple Music. Um, why? I just like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it. So, I had title for a minute. I started with Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I still say Spotify has the best interface of all of them. Okay. Really? Um, I don't like yeah. I don't I don't like I it. loved it. It was so easy. My playlists were easy. It was just nice. Okay. Um t- title's interface sucks. Yeah, I'm not I'm really sorry, a big I just fan don't of that. like it. <laughs> I switched to it because I was really down for kind of like the artist taking some of the power back. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and with having so many artists kind of as the faces yeah. of this platform, I wanted to support it. Um, but then Apple Music kind of changed the game, man. I have an iPhone. It's just easy to sync everything. Mm-hmm. They title you can see they're really competing for the top spot by having some releases exclusively on title. Yeah. So that is, I do kind of miss it only for that reason. Okay. Um, but my Apple user experience is the best. I love Apple Music. It's because Apple's Apple's user interface, their UI, it will always be king. True. Will always be king. Yeah, it will always be king. So I I understand. Um, I didn't I didn't give Apple Music even a try because I was already satisfied with with Tidal. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I I I never had I didn't get Spotify until until after I got Tidal. I just wanted to just to just to see what it was like. As a matter of fact, I got Spotify. Shout out to Chris Casanova because I don't think his project was on Tidal yet. And only place I could no, the only place I could embed it from was Spotify. Was Spotify, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get it, and I got it. I, I think it was okay, but I don't think I've gone back to it since I've had it. You know, I have the app on my computer, cool, 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 but it's not my phone. I don't, nah. Like I like Title because um, Title was the first place that I found that I could download music um, from all from online to my phone, so that when I go on the train, which is a for those um, of y'all who aren't New Yorkers. My biggest issue is when I get in the train, I don't have any service. Exactly. I need to listen to something. Right. And Spotify couldn't do that for me. I don't know. Even, I don't know if Apple Music can do that. Yeah. Um. But so Tidal did do. it first. Yeah. Sp- no, Spotify well, did it first. Well, 
Okay, so remember, I wasn't on Spotify. So right. For me, it's Tyler first. Spotify, so. Spotify is kind of like the, well, Pandora. But mm-hmm. who cares about Pandora? <laughs> Spotify was kind of like the veteran in this. And, and you, yeah. you had that option. You just... Mm-hmm make it available offline and it does the same thing that title does and it makes it you know puts it in your music and okay. when you are underground you can still listen okay um title for me i just don't i just can't get busy with title anymore man i just mm. can't they it freezes all the time really mine did all the time hmm. and then when apple music dropped there were there were a couple albums that i wanted yeah, that i that, couldn't get on title mm-hmm. and everything was on apple music yeah that so hurt now, like for I said, a little while title title is competing now mm-hmm. um and they're 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 catching up so i might have to just do both and i don't mm-hmm. mind doing both i'll pay for subscriptions oh you day. good no i'm not no i don't i don't both. so i still like that's how in love to the music i am mm-hmm. though and am in love with the music um i still buy albums i bought Boz's album i bought three copies i bought two hard copies and i bought it on itunes and Mm. streamed it so if i like fuck with you as an artist i'm buying your music even the indie artists that submit to take over we're gonna we we will listen we're gonna write we're gonna review we're gonna post it but at least one of us is buying that album if we actually took the time to to write about it we Mm -hmm. liked it so we're gonna buy it i just bought ag and daniel's delusion disillusion disillusion yeah 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 dope I, the last album I bought, the last physical album I bought was Ambition by Wally. That was a long time ago. I know. <laughs> um, I am a, I'm a techie. I'm a techie. And I like to have everything on my phone. And the the whole process of buying an album, downloading it to my to my computer, then uploading it to my phone just seems so dated. It seems so dated. Fair. So I, so I just, I, I got the reason why I got title. One reason why I got title because I figured I would have access to a lot of music at all times. Because of title, I don't buy albums anymore. I just stream the fuck out of them. I stream this shit all day, every day. I'll put it in a playlist. I'll keep playing it over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's the most access I've had to music in my entire life. Fair. That's, and that's why I have the subscription plans as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. But if you're an artist that I love, I'm going to buy your record. Okay, fair. I don't need to buy an album on iTunes, mm-hmm. right? Because I have Apple Music. Mm-hmm. I will buy it on iTunes anyway oh, and nice. still stream it. And if I love you, like mm-hmm. I love Boz, like I'm Dreamville low-key, <laughs> I am going to go to the store and I'm buying that hard copy mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep it. And something to me that's still beautiful about having it tangible in your hands right yeah. this is electronic shit is cute mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. I, I i mean i still actually like buy books i don't use a oh, kindle nah. or anything i like buy books i like having something in my hand i still I read actual read, newspapers i would read a book on my on my phone as that's well. ridiculous to me i can't i can't do that i, I read it so much hold. faster too i need something to hold and flip no me. no no if i i mean i'm the same way with dvds too so it's so no there's no no shot to musicians out there i i need to really feel it to buy it that's fair you know i need to feel it to buy a lot of people feel that way so ambition like even though i i bought the hard copy um it came with my t-shirt and the wristband or whatever so i pre-ordered but i also had to download it because the like it leaked i think the day before and i was like well i ain't about to be the only nigga that ain't got this shit especially with the fact that i done bought this shit and ain't here yet so i'm gonna listen to i'm gonna download it whatever and then when i get the cd I'm going to um, delete the bootleg and put the real one on there. And then I was like, hell no. The shit came in the mail. I was like, nah, it's all like in the plastic and shit. So it's in the plastic in my safe right now. 
And I just have the bootleg on my computer. I have every J. Cole album still in plastic. I have a J. Cole story for you. I think you'll like. Oh I my was, God, I'm ready. It for you. Okay. Jermaine. So, <laughs> so I was sleeping on J. Cole until um, last... When did Ferguson happen? I was like, what, last August? or t- Yeah, last August. I slept on J. Cole until last August. That's ridiculous. Actually, no, it wasn't last August because Forest Hill Drive no, dropped in 2014. Fer- so this the Ferguson was 2014 yeah. then. Yeah, August Ferguson. 14, right. What year? Oh, we're in 2016, 2016 now. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm, I'm real tired. <laughs> <of the wrong day. laughs> but not. So, um, oh, yeah, August 2014 was around the first time I ever listened to, or ever, like, truly listened to a J. Cole album mm-hmm. because i saw him in ferguson and i was like you know what if that's an art if that's an artist that i could get behind because he's out there in the community focusing on shit that i think matters so i bought um i bought every album that he had on itunes and then when forest Hill drive drop i bought that too before i'd even listen to it i didn't hear nothing from it i listened to it and i'm in love with it right now i know you're a massive j cole fan huge I know you really fuck with Dreamville, so let's talk. I am Dreamville. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> where did this? Where did this? This? This love for Dreamville come from? All right. So, nineteen-year-old Robin. Oh, we back here. Damn, we back here. Oh, no, nineteen was like the pro- most prolific year of my life. Damn, Robin, back um, at it again. <laughs> you know, like you. What freaking movie is it? Is it? Is it Brown Sugar? That they're like, yo, tell me when you fell in love with hip hop. Is it? Is that Brown Sugar? I am. The worst you're person to ask. No, I feel that's definitely brown sugar because people always be like, "Yo, you're Sonali." <laughs> okay, okay. So it was brown sugar. Um, definitely like fall of 2009 was when mm. I really fell in love with hip hop because mm-hmm. I so I wasn't allowed to listen to hip hop as a kid. Neither was I. See, real fucking West Indian parents are nuts. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to listen to Hot ninety seven. I was not allowed to watch BT. I mm. wasn't allowed to do anything. Oh damn, BT! No BT. <laughs> so on my radio was freaking Z one hundred and Radio Disney. Wow, bruh. Jameer told me a similar story too. You know, really? Yeah, he did. we're the same person. <laughs> um, like, but that's literally how it was. So I, I mean, I would sneak. I, mm-hmm. I saw a tip drill. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would sneak and watch like BT and cut. <laughs> and um, I would when I figured out what 106 and Park was, I was 16 or 17. Wow, like just Robin. when I made the age to be able to actually go to the show. Was AJ and Free still on the show at that point? I found out about 106 and Park on Agent Freeze last season. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Robin, um, you, missed, you missed everything. Yeah, so much of it. Holy um, shit. And I, I like, have to credit that to my best friend, Ayanna, who, <laughs> who was a music head like me. Yeah. And she, so I was allowed to watch TRL, but I wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to allowed, allowed to watch BET. Yeah. I got to ask my mom what her obsession was with white people. Because you had your Radio <laughs> Disney and TRL, nah, I see a pattern now. I yeah, definitely. Definitely. Got to talk to her. Definitely. Um, but like I wasn't allowed to, to watch or listen to these things. So I can't say I I loved hip hop at that time. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was school that forced me to be fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because everybody else was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I fell in love with it while doing that thesis mm-hmm. with me. That was that thesis was me just trying to. I loved it already. Yeah. I started to get a love for it and I wanted to learn more about it. And that's mm-hmm. what that was about. And I didn't know it was kind of, it was going to throw me into it the way that it did. Still diving um, in a rabbit hole that has no end apparently. Yeah. 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 So like, 
Um, how did we get here? Nineteen year old Robin. What were we talking about? Damn, Robin. That went. That went way left. It def- oh, J right. Cole. J Cole. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> Shout out to Jonathan Martinez. Um, he was one of my interns at mm-hmm. Takeover Radio. He put me on to J. Cole. Mm-hmm. He was a J. Cole stan. J. Cole was at St. John's, John's at that point? He was at St. John's at that point. Okay. Um, the come up dropped in 07. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in 09, we were on like the warm up. Yeah. And Jonathan was like, you got to listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. And I was a Drake fan yeah. at the time. <laughs> and that was the only light-skinned rapper I'm I wanted to listen to. I'm still not a Drake to. fan. I can't do it. I That's fine. He's it. not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, He's definitely my Lipton. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I was I was a Drake fan. So he was the only rapper that I was really trying to listen to. He was That was when he was October's very own. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I was, like, set on those mixtapes. And he was like, nah, you got to listen to this guy. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So he, like, sent me the mixtape, and I sat on it for, like, three weeks, didn't listen. And he kept bugging me. John mm-hmm. was like, did you listen? Did you listen? Did you listen? It's like, okay, fine. I pressed play on the warm-up and never looked back. Wow. It was, like, that's, like, I love him. <laughs> I love him. So I, I owe the the Jake Cole fan love to Jonathan Martinez, aka Jam Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a rapper too, pretty dope. Nice, okay. But yeah, it was him. That's where I came from. Right, and so I will die a Jean Cole stand. See, I every time I ask someone about hip hop, it's funny because it's really it really happens to a lot of Western the West Indian people who I have on the show, well the first generations at the very least. When I ask them about when they listened to when they first got into hip hop. It's always like 2008, 2009, someone even told me 2010. And I'm like, damn, like I thought that I was behind because, you know, I, my first, the first album I bought was in 2001, the summer of 2001. It was um, uh, Slim, the Slim Shady LP. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy another album again for a long time, but I boot like the shit out of hip hop. Like shout out to shout out to Kazaa, shout out to LimeWire. LimeWire. I was on there like Lime crazy. I was making CDs of people. I was doing everything, and that's how I, that's how I would listen to music. But um, when I got to when I moved down south, and then seeing like the difference in lyrical content, I was like, "Yo, fuck hip hop! Like I don't want this shit no more." Yeah. And then between when I went to college, so 06 to 09, well 2010. I didn't really like hip hop neither. Like, so there was, a, like, there's literally like this, and then one of them park ended, well, not ended, but I mean, yeah. it, it basically ended in my head, <laughs> shit, because AJ and Free left, and I was like, nah, fuck this, like, I'm, I'm done. But you know, like, everything changed. So I didn't really get back into hip hop again until 20, I guess, like, mid 2011, when I started doing my work back here in New York, you know? So it's, it's it makes me feel better when I hear other people were like, oh, yeah, it was recent, or recent, and well, matter of fact, only, only, recent? only my ass could look at could look at 2009 and be like, oh yeah, that's recent. That's recent. Okay. Not really, Robin. It's 2016. Shh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, I mean, it's 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 recent in hip hop years. It's recent in yeah, hip hop years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you know, it's less than a decade. Yeah, it's yeah, recent. yeah. That's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Like I, so it's not that I didn't even know what it was, right? When I say like, I didn't listen i mean like the old stuff i mm-hmm. mean like like i didn't hear illmatic until i was 20 yeah like 
that stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. I had mm-hmm. Bow Wow I had Beware Dog. Beware the Dog. <laughs> that was like my first rap album. My sister had that. <laughs> I still have listened to it. <laughs> I had all the little bubblegum like R&B singers like mm-hmm. Sammy and B2K. <laughs> I was a Ja Rule stan. Like you me couldn't too, tell actually. me that me I wasn't going to be Ashanti. Um, you could not tell me that. You couldn't, <laughs> tell me. you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to take a place at one point. Um, so I was like... It's not that I wasn't familiar, mm-hmm. but I couldn't take any of that with me home. Yeah, most of most of that experience happened in school, especially in high school. So I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what, what high school you went to? Madison, James Madison. Hey. Don't look it up now because now it's real bad. But <laughs> back when, so when I was in high school, there was one of three schools you wanted to go to if it wasn't like a specialized school. Mm-hmm. It was Midwood, Madison, and Morrow. If you didn't yeah. go to one of those three schools, you were stupid. Yeah, um, I was stupid. So, <laughs> I was stupid. <laughs> it's cool. Or, Either that or you weren't in the zone. I was going um, to Canarsie High or South Shore. And that's why oh, I, that's shit. why that's why my mother moved me down south. I'm really down. happy you made it out. <laughs> God bless. Um, but Madison was like predominantly white at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and I was a dancer and I kind of forced my way into choreography. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. choreographed for like all of the plays and stuff like that. And that was how I got my like music fix. Mm-hmm. So when I said I loved Missy, Missy was one of the first like female MCs I listened I to. And Missy that album. was in school. Yeah. I, I've never owned a Missy album. I, I won't even lie. My mother bought me Missy album. But she I knew does. gossip folks. <laughs> I knew all that. <laughs> it was Missy and then it was it was Eve after yeah. that. I was um, in love with Eve. Eve was my really? wife for mad long. I believe Eve Loki she's still beautiful. is my wife. She's back. She just dropped like a a, a record yesterday or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. No, it's great. It's it's, it's great. great? Okay. It's great. Okay. It's great. From what I heard, from it, your it, from your word, I, was <laughs> I, I I think it's great. I think she's one of those MCs that's always going to be great. Okay. Like, can she compete with the Nicki Minaj's of right now? No, no. she she can't compete nah. in this climate. Nah. But I don't think you're going to get another female MC like her. Mm. Ayana, my best friend, she wanted to be. She thought she was a rough rider so. <laughs> I believe that. Shout out to Diana. I've seen her in a minute. Wow. <laughs> Man, so okay, so let's 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 get let's get to let's get to date now. So New York. Okay. New York, let's just focus on New York hip hop for a second. Okay. Let's focus on You about to stress me out. I, 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 listen, I'm stressed out by even having to mention it. <laughs> let's focus on New York, the New York hip hop scene right now. Okay. Right. So when you think of when you think of climate, I want like Im- initial emotion, initial thought off your head. New York scene, New York hip hop scene. What do you feel? Struggling. Struggling. Why? Mm-hmm. We're tr- <laughs> we're struggling. It's like New York hip hop is like that X mm-hmm. that was amazing, mm-hmm. right? That X that will never measure up to anyone else mm-hmm. but you can't get you can't let back in your life yeah uh, um, okay that that's when new york hip-hop is and it's sad um i just don't think we're ever gonna get to where we were mm-hmm. um and there are a group of rappers that are trying mm-hmm. it's just that sadly enough um the radio's always broken records right Mm -hmm. that that was that's what radio that's what it started as yeah um and now it's about advertising Mm -hmm. and you have to make your advertisers happy yeah and if the song is not jumping enough it's not if it's not going to get you turned at 8 Mm a.m and 10 (laughs) p.m it doesn't get played um and we know what radio sounds like right now. Mm-hmm. It sounds like down south. It mm-hmm. sounds like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool 
trap is cool right mm-hmm. we we need trap we yeah. all want to turn up at some point mm-hmm. um but i i think we've we've moved to a point where that's more important we've moved to a point where the beat is more important than the lyrics mm-hmm. okay. uh, we've moved to a point where turning up is is more important than being the least bit conscious yeah um and new york rap was not even I wouldn't even say it was conscious, but it, it it said something. Yeah. And whether you were gang banging or you you were dropping a gem, it still there was a message, message. right? Yep. yep. We don't have that anymore. And I don't I think the group of rappers that are trying to, that are trying to bring that back, they're having a hard time because they're competing with the New York rappers that sound like they're from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. There's a sound that works for radio right now. Mm-hmm. And we cannot compete with that sound. I, and it's sad to say, but that is what it is. I asked Jameer um, this question, and I'll pose it to you as well. Um, radio plays what gets them their numbers. Mm-hmm. They're competing, particularly now that um, power is there, hot got to keep it up, and vice versa. Yeah. So there are times I was in a car on Saturday. And I heard a song coming on. Child to Fetty Wap. I heard a song coming on. And I didn't want to hear it. So I hit the preset one to switch to hot. And hot was playing the same song. And I was like, shit, <laughs> shit. And I just hit mute and I turned the whole damn thing off. Right? Um, the problem, though, is that when you're only playing as they determine it as what's being, what's junk and people jumping in the, in, the, in the club. Can you play J. Cole in the club? No. So, well, you can. <laughs> to an extent. To an extent. You, you can to an extent. To an so extent. we have, um, and this is, I'm probably going to get like slandered for saying this, right? But I believe um, <laughs> there's a bit of a hip hop holy trinity. Actually, my girl Lindsay India wrote. Shout out uh, to Lindsay. Shout out to Lindsay. She wrote an article about a hip hop holy trinity a while back. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who her choices were. Um, but I'd say if there were faces, three phases of hip hop right now, right? Mm-hmm. Three primary faces. It's Kendra Cole and Drake, right? Mm-hmm. That's yes, just what it yes. is. That's who you're hearing. Yes. That's what it is. Um, Kendrick has taken a real, a real conscious role with with his music right now, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake is turning up while mm-hmm. keeping you interested, mm-hmm. um, still giving you a little bit of like the wordplay that we're used to from him, but we're turning up. Yeah. And Cole is a beautiful mix of both. Um, okay. And that's that's not. I'm trying to say this like unbiased because I'm a stan, um, but I, I I think he is. I think he's I think he's mastered being conscious while still giving you something to bump to mm-hmm. um, without you even realizing it. Okay. Um, so can Cole survive in this radio climate? I'm going to say yes mm-hmm. because he can do both. But do you hear Kendrick on the radio at 6 p.m.? No, you do not. I mean, and, and that's and that's the that's really the bigger the bigger issue. Like how the artists that can't get you to turn up, but that are still good artists, how do they get on the radio? That's a I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, that's and, a beautiful and, and, question. And that's and that's the problem that we have right now. Like it's not like people say hip hop is dead. Hip hop is not hip-hop dead. Hip hop is not dead. It's, it's not dead. It's, it's just it's that you can't like because they're so focused on advertisers. And I mean, I said I wasn't going to do this no more because um, I really appreciate the fact that they switched to that because if they didn't switch to that format, blogs wouldn't really have anything to talk about. Right. And there would be no reason for my show because they would be talking to those artists. Right. Shout out to Trey Pizzi, who just was on Combat Jack, by the way. 
Nice. So, yeah. So, you know, I would have no platform. There would be no platform. There wouldn't be no combat job because there would be no space for him because hot and power are doing their job. True. So I understand it, but how I mean, we can only do but so much. We don't have the we don't have that billion dollar backing that they do. We can't push these. We can only push the artists to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know, and it's pushed by fan base. So how do we get these artists out there? I think so the current format, if you notice, like even because of streaming services, mm-hmm. shows, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to see an artist that you really love, if you want it, if you want to see some dope shit, go to a show. Yeah. And I don't mean a show that has 10 people on a bill. No shots. <laughs> but a quality show is not going to have that many people on mm-hmm. the bill. A quality show is going to give you five amazing acts. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's 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 where they exist. That's where they that's where they make the money. Mm-hmm. That is where those that are really looking for talent will find them. Yeah. Um, I think artists are now because they can't get to radio, um, and because the the internet kind of reigns supreme, mm-hmm. they're they're touring yeah. now. Science is about to do like a twenty city tour. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you about that. Science and um, LA is on that. They're yeah. all on that tour as well. And that's going to do amazing things for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an artist by the name of L.A. who mm-hmm. is incredible. I mm-hmm. love him. Um, he is touring. And yeah. I remember him just dropping his first tape in like end of 2014 or something ridiculous yeah. like that. Um, Flatbush Zombies. His, right? Flatbush uh-huh. Zombies. Like it. It's this kind of it's this kind of community that we've built on going to shows. Shows are shows used to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Going to I mean going to a concert, a big concert is still going to be pricey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But shows at SOBs they used to be a good a yeah. good twenty. Yeah. Not everybody has twenty to spend. Now yeah. you can go to BT Music Matters for mm, free. For free yeah. You you can go to Hot ninety seven. Who's next for ten dollars? Mm-hmm. You have and outside of New York, it's the same thing in their own communities. The yeah. Midwest has an incredible music scene. Mm, yes, up, it does. Especially Chicago and like St. Mm-hmm. Louis, surprisingly. Minnesota. 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 There's oh my gosh, yes. Minnesota. So like <laughs> that. I think the music will survive that way for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do have faith that we can transition this back to mainstream radio. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, but do we even I want it there at this point? It might ruin it. It might ruin yeah. it if it does, but it might help. It might bring us, it might bring us back to the 90s. You know it what I really wanted? Where, you know, it was amazing. I really wish that Diddy had made... Diddy said, you know what? Instead of me doing a TV station that I, that I still can't get on any other network outside of Time Warner Cable, I'm going to do a radio station. If Diddy had... If, Diddy, if Revolt... Cause I mean, I had Time Warner Cable before in a year. was radio? Jesus oh, man. Christ. It would have been, been a wrap. It would have been a wrap. It would have been a I agree. wrap. Because that's the, I mean, for anyone who hasn't been able to watch Revolt, honestly, I had Time Warner Cable for an entire year. I did not like Time Warner Cable at all, but my default channel when my TV turned on was to Revolt. Yeah. Like, and I still have an experience because I have Optimal. The, I have Optimal now, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, the, the opportunity that you have to hear and see not just music video like i've seen music videos from artists in new york yeah on revolt yeah you know but you also get to see like document like i saw a documentary about three artists whatever i can't remember his name for shit right now um but it's from out there from out west whatever and they did a tour and it, it was like a legitimate like fucking dollar van tour around the country that shit is crazy it's amazing and you and get to see the whole see all the documentation. <sighs> yeah, we don't get to see that on a mainstream scale, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, 
advertisers, going back to that, they, I mean, they are picking up on mm-hmm. what this indie thing is, bit, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're starting to pick up and they're starting to invest and they're starting to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do have a little bit of faith. Like, mm-hmm. you look at festivals like South by Southwest, um, and I was just there, and it was an incredible experience. Um, it was it was good and it was bad. It okay. was good because I got to see a lot of incredible artists on mm-hmm. a mainstream scale. Mm-hmm. Um, bad because it started for the indie, and it kind of like the mainstream took over because advertising came in. Yep. But the a lot of the shows that did showcase some incredible emerging talents like. J-I-D-K, J-I-D, mm-hmm. um, Tish Hyman, Smino, Chris Casanova, a lot of those shows were backed by some heavy billion dollar companies. Yeah, And yeah. to see that was incredible. So I know that they're paying attention. They understand that like these are the cool kids right now mm-hmm. and that's who you want to sit with. Yeah. So I, I hope that with them kind of, and I hope that with them kind of piggybacking off of that, mm-hmm. um, we have an opportunity to really bring indie back to the forefront where it should be. But I can't lie and say I'm not comfortable in this space right now. I can't lie and say I wasn't hurt when Kalani blew up. Mm. I was so hurt because Takeover was one of the first sites to feature her. Mm-hmm. Um, and while her music is still great, I, I was a little selfish. Like it was mine. Yeah. Like yeah. millions of people didn't know her. She wasn't getting slandered by Party Next Door. <laughs> we just had like dope records, and she would tweet us, and we'd have conversations, and, we, and it would be amazing. And when she got big, it was like I was proud of her, and I was excited because I felt like we were a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it was over at that point. Yeah. Um. Because once the brands start to touch you. It, you know, it tainted it a little bit. Mm. So I don't know. It could, I feel like it could, this could be really, really helpful um, if they put the money back into the music. But I hope it doesn't hurt us at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. I said a lot. It does. No, no, no. It definitely makes sense. It definitely makes sense. All right. So we running over time now. So let me, let me ask you two more questions. Um, the first one just slipped my mind. So I'm actually the second one first. Hopefully it gets <laughs> okay. back to me eventually. So, um, political climate. We have a presidential election going about on. To do this? I'm gonna keep it very short. So um, you have five candidates left: Donald Trump, John Kasich, um, we asked, uh, Ted, Ted Cruz, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton. Who you think you're gonna vote for and why? I don't know yet. You don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'll be honest. Um, this election is not real to me right now. Okay. Like I still don't understand that Donald Trump is actually still here um money money and it hurts Mm -hmm. like it hurts because this man there are millions of people that think like him and that is terrifying um so i don't know it's kind of like it this is horrible i'm I'm gonna get it together by like you know june (laughs) um but it's I don't even want, I don't, I kind of want to forget that it's happening. I kind of yeah. want to just live in this Obama moment right mm-hmm. now because it's almost over and I don't believe it. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I don't know yet. I, I like Bernie. I can't lie. I do like Bernie Sanders, but do I know who I'm voting for? I don't know yet. Yeah. No, it is, it is a little bit surreal right now. Um, but to go back to what you said, I do think that there are people, like, I don't, I want to say that it's terrifying that people that the people have a similar voice so they believe in donald trump i think it's something that i always knew was there but could never prove it 
and now we can. I keep telling people all the time, like, yo, I'm glad Donald Trump is here because we can now prove that y'all motherfuckers are still racist, and you we you still can't get past the bigotry that you have, and there's no more closet racism because y'all have someone on, your, on a big platform to speak for you. So you're right. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna vote for him. Okay. Okay. I understand. I think I was. This is gonna sound like real crazy. I think I was blind to the fact that racism was this much of an issue. Really? Okay. Up until like the past two, three years. Mm. Um, because I never felt it. Yeah. And I've gone to predominantly white schools my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, except elementary. But come sixth grade on, I went to predominantly white schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember not wanting to. And I, I wish I made the decision. Yeah. But I got into Howard on a full scholarship and I didn't go. I wish I went to Howard. Too. I wish I went to Howard, man. My miss- little sister's at Howard now. And oh. I'm so proud of her. Um but I like I got a full scholarship and I didn't go because I didn't want to go to a predominantly black school mm. because my entire life I had just the white experience. Yeah. Right. I didn't want to just go from the white experience to the black experience. I wanted some sort of diversity. Um, That's funny because I went I did the opposite. Really? Uh-huh. I, I need I needed I needed a classroom with a good mix of people. OK. I needed that. And. Because despite the fact that I went to predominantly white schools, I never actually felt racism. I mm-hmm. never knew anyone that felt it. I never saw it. Mm-hmm. So to me, up until these past three, really four exist. years, it didn't really exist mm-hmm. to me personally. Yeah. So that's why I say it's terrifying because like, yo, I never see. I'm like, where the fuck do I live? What year <laughs> is this? Yeah, I know. And this is real shit. And I talk to my friends and they're like, yo, you've been sleeping. I'm like, I obviously have been mm-hmm. like, I really haven't been paying attention. Um, and that's like, like that sucks. Yeah. You know, the, the second question I had was about your blackness, but you kind of just talked about it a little bit. <laughs> what do you want to know about my blackness? Yes, my booty big. I still on Sundays. What up? <laughs> no, I know. I think you really. I think you really just covered it. You know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people did think we were in a post-racism, a post-racist America, and um, between like I've been, I've been. I mean, this is part of how the, the diversity of who I am. I really follow politics a lot. So there's this thing that happened in 2009, I want to say, <clears throat> called the Arab Spring. Um, it happened in Egypt, and I think it was like maybe like one or two other countries in which the Arab Spring occurred. It was more so just like an uh, uprising against the government, in a sense, uprising against. Like, and I feel like we are in a black uprising right now. It's the Black Spring, in a sense, here in America. And I, I date it back to the day. I mean, not the day, maybe not the exact day. Definitely not the exact day. But when we started finding, when we found out about Trayvon Martin and what actually happened, yeah, that was when it started, and they have been people have been trying to shut it off, and it cannot hey, get shut it, down it now. It's a beautiful thing, though. Yes, it is. I'll say yes, that. it is. It's, it's beautiful because I feel like we've been we've, we've been told countless times that we can't come together, mm-hmm. and we can't do this, and we can't do that, mm-hmm. and um, it it it's amazing to watch, and it's yeah. amazing to to be a part of. I think the the day that I realized that like this was a problem was shortly after Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. um, and my little brother I have mm-hmm. two baby brothers um, and I was talking to one of them the older one Terrell and he mentioned he was like so what would you do if just one day you came home and you found out that I got shot and I was like what are you talking about why, why are you saying things How like that how old is he at the time he was I think he was like eight Jesus yeah, and I was like, what What do you mean? 
And he was like, you know, mom doesn't want me to like take the bus and I want to take the school bus, but she won't let me because she says it's dangerous. And now I'm seeing all these things on TV and it's like, I could get shot. Like mm-hmm. I can get shot by a policeman and he wanted to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. So it was like, that's that moment. I don't, I never felt like so helpless. I never mm-hmm. felt so broke. I didn't know what to tell him. Yeah. I didn't know what to say to him. I'm like, that's not gonna happen to you that's mm-hmm. what i said and he was like how do you know mm-hmm. you don't know i'm like Shit, i don't know like and i really don't i don't have an answer for you and that sucked and it was at that moment that i realized that like yo this is this yeah. is a problem because this is my baby brother like that's not what he's supposed to be thinking about. He's supposed to be thinking about freaking Mewtwo and Pokemon yeah, cards and shit. Like, so the fact that he was concerned enough and it wasn't even his concern wasn't even, yo, what if I don't make it? His concern is what are you going to do mm-hmm. if you find out that I'm no longer here because I got shot by a cop? Like, it was That's crazy. crazy. That, I can't even. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I... I I wouldn't. I won't say that I never experienced. I've never. Mm, I'm not sure if I ever experienced outward racism. Like, I because of how I, how I categorize things in my brain, I highly doubt I would. I would have experienced like outward racism and have forgotten it. But I have experienced um, what some people call as like. Uh, there's, there's a nice term for that. I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of it right. I, think, I can't think about it right now. So I'm just gonna call it quiet racism. Mm-hmm. I have been um, in, in situations like that, and it's it's troubling. It feels bad, and I couldn't. I can't understand why you would want someone to feel bad. You know, like Brianna, my daughter. For those who don't know, she'll be four in ten days. When we're, we're, matter of fact, she'll probably be four when y'all hear this. But you know, she'll be four. And the other day we were going down from the train leaving school. She thought, "Look, Daddy, it's a it's a police officer." And I was like, "But we're not gonna talk to her though." Like, I don't want her to think that these people are your friends. Yeah, they are not. They have a job. They need to do their job. And we and were taught it. that they were. Yeah. See, we were taught that they were. I don't want her to, cause I mean, cause my issue right now is that like I saw officers, like I, I played, I played baseball for the police, um, for the police league. Yeah, you know, growing up, like I saw officers as, you know, they were part of our community, they were part, of, they were our friends, they did the right thing. I don't see that. I don't see the accountability. I don't want her to have to have that letdown. Yeah, you know, I'd rather you think the worst of them and then find out that they're better than I than I told you. You know. Let them prove to you that they're better. Right. But anyway. Can't blame me for that at all. Oh, man. If I came home, I found out my daughter was shot. New York York going to have some problems. New York (laughs) going to have some problems. Man. But anyway, Robin, I want to thank you for coming on the Encore Radio Thank you for having me. This is a long time coming. This should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. But I'm glad it happened now. I'm glad it happened. I'll always come back if you ever want me. Damn back. right! I'm glad you had me on. I appreciate it. Hey. Thank you very much. At it's fun. Robin J. It's Robin J. Robin gonna, with the I. His wives are promiscuous. Hey, you know, throw back, throw back. Yeah, no, y'all do it again. Y'all do it again. Y'all do it again. You gotta do it again. I haven't heard that in so long. Oh my god! <laughs> Make sure you follow me on Twitter at it's Robin J. That's I T S R O B I N J. Robin with an I, because wives are promiscuous. Yo, that's it. That's how the show used to end all yeah. the time. Do you know how? Oh, <laughs> I wow. haven't actually said that in a long time. <laughs> I 
haven't said that in a long wow. time, but you're gonna start hearing it a lot because I may be making a radio comeback. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey! Are you gonna start tweeting? Um, I all right. <laughs> Look, I will. I tweet once a day, just okay. about to just to keep my account active. <laughs> but I'm not really down with Twitter, man. I can't. The conversations are just beyond me at this point. I don't want to talk about money bitches and ass eating all day like mm. i i can't i'm i'm out here counting money and not getting my ass <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so i'm trying i i don't know uh, it, twitter's fun it's cool but um i'm really trying to grow my brand and my business and i have to be very careful of that yeah um and and i want to be able to book people like ray quad again like yeah, who, yeah, who read yeah. my fucking twitter i want to yeah, be able yeah, to yeah. To you know, do some work with some amazing people. So I got to be careful um, with what I'm working I put out on, there. I'm working on my balance. <laughs> working, on, working on my balance. It's fair. I mean, I be, hey, do you like be you, be who you want? But I feel like as a woman in this, I already have so much against me. Mm-hmm, right? I just mm-hmm. don't want to participate in in the craziness. It works for some girls. Some yeah. girls can be overly aggressive and overly sexual, and they get a check. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that'll work. For for me so i just yeah. you know i say i i guess busy on snapchat though hey <laughs> yeah hey. go follow me on the snap hey snapchat's fun but all right well folks the encore radio show make sure you guys follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at encore radio show shout out to the indie creative network follow them at indie creative nw and for nancy w for well w anyway it's the encore radio show folks uh good day good night good morning god bless yes the Encore Radio Show podcast is an indie creative network production recorded at Real Life Studios, produced by Lance Huff and executively produced by Chris Copacetic.